Welcome to Equip, tools for navigating real life. I want to welcome you to the Equip podcast brought to you by Arise Ministries. I'm Pam Keneally, co-founder, and today Cynthia Huffmeyer, national conference speaker and expert in inner healing is with me. If you're new to the Equip podcast by Arise Ministries, welcome. We're excited to bring to you tools for navigating real life, and we invite you to continue following the podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Friend, have you ever been stuck? Stuck in some kind of emotional trauma or bondage from the past where you can't seem to move on and you don't know why? Maybe this emotional battle comes from a failed relationship or perhaps a memory in the past that continues to haunt you. You're thinking, Jesus said he came to set me free, so why can't I get there? In today's podcast, we want to talk about what is inner healing and how can we experience his power. And we have just the person with us today to shed light on God's plan for breaking free. So, Cynthia, welcome. Oh, my, I feel so honored to have you in the studio. (laughs) Thank you very much. I'm honored to be here. I know. I tell you, Cynthia is so awesome. I'm really looking forward to this. And and, uh, buckle your seatbelts, audience out there, because you're just going to have a great time today. So, first of all, Cynthia, I I think it's true that emotional healing is something that every person needs. I mean, we've all been wounded emotionally to some degree at one time or another. I know I have. So let's just begin here. I think that's a good place. Cynthia, uh, what is inner healing? Well, inner healing is addressing the deep hurts and wounds that you have, um, usually associated with your upbringing or some kind of trauma in your life. And it is um, something where you've really been pierced and it's changed your outlook or your perspective on life. It's not just a fancy religious term. Mm -hmm. It is really, um, it is a actual benefit from the Holy Spirit where someone can be really healed from the wounds that they have inside Mm -hmm. and not just learn how to cope, not just learn how to cover up, um, but really be whole. And that's the Lord's will for each one of us. I love that. You know what? Wouldn't you agree that probably all of us at one time or another have had those harmful experiences? I mean, if we're breathing, we've had them. Right, absolutely. (laughs) So this today's podcast just, oh my goodness, relates to all of us, not just single mothers, but to all of us. So Cynthia, I know your... Uh, your background and a little bit of your testimony, but can you briefly tell our audience a little bit about your need for inner healing at a very, very early age? Okay. Um, And, you know, it it is said that usually where you have um, been hurt, that is usually where your ministry lies. Mm -hmm. And um, so I grew up in a very dysfunctional home. My mother, uh, there was a wonderful, precious side to her, but she was very emotionally damaged from unhealed hurts in her own life. And um, so she was very volatile. She was very changeable. She would, um, I was her life. And um, so I got the bulk of her love, really, and adoration, but I also took the bulk of her rage and anger. And so growing up, um, she would be one way one minute, and the next minute she would just completely change. And when she would change, she would tell me what an awful child I was. I was um, ungrateful. I was I didn't love her. I was just selfish. I, she would just rip me apart. She would um, spank me with a, be- a belt, a black belt, 
And the only way that she would stop would be if I would quit crying first. I had to quit crying first before she would stop. And so this was my life growing up, never knowing how she would be. There was a part of her that was so precious and loving, but there was this other part. One time um, that really stands up out in my mind and was really a turning point for me was whenever I was seven. She was a hairstylist, and she had comb- she had given me a permanent and cut my hair, and um, I didn't like it. It was too short. It was too curly, and so I started crying. And when that happened, it hurt her feelings. And whenever her feelings got hurt in any way, she was like a wounded animal. She would just strike out. So um, with that, she grabbed me and held my head underwater for a long time and finally let me up. And when she did, she just threw me across the room, and she said, there, you go fix it yourself. You're nothing but a devil. And so, you know, little children believe what their parents say about them. I had been ungrateful, and I ran outside just in absolute tears. There was a lot of God talk in my house, but I knew nobody knew him. Even as a little person, I knew it was just talk. But I took what they said to me about God. And so I ran outside, and I just looked up to the heavens, and I asked God. I said, God, is that the truth? Am I a devil? And I honestly did not know what he would answer And I just heard very clearly, but it was just a small voice in my head that said, no, you are not a devil. You are mine, and I love you. And your mommy loves you. She's just very sick. He said a normal mommy wouldn't treat her little girl like that. So with that insight, really from the Holy Spirit, at that time I didn't know all the fancy words to even categorize what it was, but I knew clearly that I had heard from God, that he loved me, that my mother loved me. She was just sick. So from that point on, um, the rants and the raving against me hurt, but I knew it wasn't true. And I knew it came from really just the unhappiness, the sickness, uh, and the the just not being whole within my mother sure so well I tell you what I if you're listening today and that grabs your heart to me the overriding principle of what you you were saying is that our past heartaches can become our divine healing so God can use our pains and it can become our passion someday and that's kind of what God has done for you and what he wants to do for our listeners as well that's why I'm so glad you're listening today But, Cynthia, someone listening might be thinking, do I need inner healing? Do I need it? So what are some of the symptoms of someone needing inner healing? Um, Some of the symptoms are usually the byproducts of inner healing, and that's um, very very much insecurity, Mm -hmm. feeling unworthy, feeling unwanted, um, very fearful. Um, feeling insignificant, all those kinds of things where you feel less than in some way, um, you can be certain that that is connected to some kind of a hurt or a trauma from your past. Sure. Well, you know what? It could also be bitterness or depression or anger of something of that nature. But for me at one time, uh, for me at one time, Cynthia, it was avoiding someone because they had misjudged me or they had mistreated me. So the way I dealt with it was avoiding them. Well, that did not help me at all. Right. That just buried it to have to deal with it later. Right. So, you know, I've kind of experienced that, which leads to my next question, which is what are some of the causes of needing inner healing other than wanting to avoid somebody? Right. Well, um, it's when some, if you get wounded very easily, 
if if you take offense very easily, that's a good indicator that you are unhealed, mm-hmm. that you're unwhole. If you are if you're constantly having to prove your worth, in other words, you have to be right, you have to win that argument, you because for that person, their worth is at stake all the time. So if you're wrong, then that means there's something wrong with you. If you're wrong, then maybe you're messed up. So um, it's whenever you are, whenever you're overly sensitive, whenever you get offended easily, when you're judgmental of other people. And so really, those are the signs. And what happens then, whenever you begin to dwell on what you perceive as the offense against you, then you begin to become unforgiving and bitter and angry and all of that. But that really comes afterwards. Mm -hmm. The initial thing is the offense, the disappointment, the the hurt. Mm -hmm. And so after that, then flows the um, root of bitterness sure. and all that. I think that's why Jesus said, uh, let not many of you or let, do not take up a, a, an offense. That, right. In other words, to your glory to overlook an offense because I yes. think Jesus probably knew an offense would yes. take us down the wrong road quickly. Yes, but, but it's all, he also said that it was inevitable mm-hmm. that offenses True. would come. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I we like need it. to be prepared in this life to know that offenses are going to come. come. That's right. And you don't have to pick up that offense. You can walk by it. You don't have to pick it up. You don't have to take it into you. You have the power to choose Mm -hmm. what you are going to take in and what you are going to just walk past and leave out. Right. I love that, that we're reminded that we do have a choice. You do always have a choice. Especially with the Spirit, Holy Spirit in us, that He wants to quicken us to, to the right path and the right choice if we would yield to him in that way but let me ask you something i know one of your favorite scriptures anytime i've heard you speak which i always love to hear cynthia huffmeyer speak first time <laughs> i moved here cynthia 28 years ago or many years ago somebody said to me do you know cynthia huffmeyer and i'm like no but i want to and so i sought you out and i went to one of your conferences oh years ago and you were awesome then, as you're awesome now, but one of your favorite verses I remember you speaking about, and you still do, is Isaiah 61. It's what Jesus' heart right. toward what he says, what he came to do. Right. And that's kind of the root of your of your passion and really the root of inner healing. Right. And so that particular scripture, I want you to, you might want to visit, tell us a little bit about what it was. All right. Um, it's Isaiah 61, uh, verse 1. And in that, it says that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, speaking of Jesus, because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. And since Jesus is in us, and it tells us in 1 John that we have an anointing from the Holy One, this is the anointing that we have as well. But Jesus, um, he said that God has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair." So, Pam, if I could, just for a minute, I want to break down a couple of those words in Isaiah 61, because in that, you really see the heart of God. And so, first, I want to look at where it says that he, has, that he binds up the brokenhearted. I want you to realize that that word for brokenhearted there, it means to be, it means to burst, 
It means to break into pieces. It means to wreck, to crush, to smash, to rend, to tear in pieces like a wild beast. Now, if you don't think that the Lord understands what it means to be brokenhearted, then just take in that definition. That's what it means in the Hebrew. So he understands the immense pain of brokenheartedness. It is crushing. You do feel like you have been absolutely mangled or torn in pieces, like a wild beast has gotten a hold of you. So think, So hearing the degree and the depth of brokenheartedness that God is talking about, that he describes and understands, I want to focus for a minute on the word bind up. So the word bind up, the one that is that broken, the word bind up means to bind on, to wrap around, to bind up as a wound, to bandage, cover, envelop, enclose. Now this I want you to really hear. To compress or stop as in something that is hemorrhaging. Mm. Think of that picture. Mm -hmm. He wants to stop it, stop it, stop it. And whenever you have been hurt, it feels like someone has taken a knife to your heart. It feels like you're hemorrhaging. It does feel like you're hemorrhaging. So here's what God says. When you're hemorrhaging, when your heart is breaking and it physically hurts, I myself will take my hand and I will compress that brokenheartedness and I will stop the hemorrhaging of your heart. Mm -hmm. That is powerful. It is powerful. That is so powerful. Yes. And that is real. That's not hype. That's not just something to inspire somebody about. It is the truth. God is a healer. Yes. And for those listening today, I want to say to you, if that is your heart, we've all been there at one time or another, I want you to take heart that it is by no quote, accident that you are listening to this podcast. God has drawn you to this podcast because for such a time as this, this is your day, this is your hour to hear what God is saying to you in answer of your prayers of this thing that has crushed your heart, has broken your heart, that this is your day to hear from God. So open your ears as we move forward. I want you to do that. So Cynthia, uh, knowing what how Jesus feels toward our freedom, that he came to set the captives free and to make us oaks of righteousness, strong and firm and a witness to others, let's just go ahead and start. So where does one start in entering into the process of inner healing? And I said process because some of our listeners may wonder, is it a process that I just do over and over and over, or is it just an instant, bam, I'm healed? Do you know what I'm saying? So right. Would no. you answer that? Okay. Most usually it is a process. Sometimes you will hear a word, and it will be such revelation to you that it will be like, bam, sure. oh my goodness, I, you're set free from a lie that you have believed. But more often than not, it is a process because Romans 12, 1 tells us that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. So the starting place is that we have to know and believe God, and you have to ask yourself, what do you base your life on? Do you base your life on how you feel or what someone else thinks about you? 
What do you base your life on? Do you base it on even your own thoughts or do you base it on God's thoughts? Do you base it on God's word? Because once you decide to base your life on God's word and you take his word personally to your heart and mind, then it has the ability to set you free and to heal you. Psalm 1720 says, he sends his word and heals us and delivers us from all of our destructions. So God's word is meant to go out as life-giving truth to us. And whenever we take his truth and we apply it to our lives, to our thoughts, to our beliefs, in spite of how we feel, then we will be healed from our destructions. Because whenever we are unhealed, we choose much destruction. I was just talking to a lady yesterday, and she just recently went through her second divorce, and so she decided to begin really getting some counseling. And she found out that she was so unhealed that she kept choosing the same kind of man over and over sure. and over again because she didn't feel like she was worth or worthy anyone of greater substance and integrity. So she would pick the same crummy guy over and over again because that's all she thought of herself. So until we become healed thoroughly and we are who God says we are and we believe it, we take it in, then we will not be able to go forward without choosing destruction. We're going to, because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if we believe a lie about ourselves, whether it's true or not, we will line up and walk out that lie. That will be our truth. That will become our truth, and it will become our existence. Sure. So if we want to change our life, we have to change our mind. Mm-hmm. We have to change our thoughts because your thoughts and your feelings originate from what you believe. Mm-hmm. And when you believe a lie, it produces emotions in you, and your emotions then dictate your actions. So if you are walking around your whole life feeling less than, feeling rejected, feeling not wanted, feeling insignificant, then that is going to produce feelings in in you that are so, so awful. Inferior. Yes, Mm -hmm. and take you down. And you will make choices out of that. You will fight like a wounded animal, sometimes yourself, whenever you're hurt. So you will rage. you You will cover it up with anger. See, adults cover a a child gets hurt and they cover the the wound and they run to their mother adults get hurt and they cover it with anger especially men they don't want to hurt they don't want to cry and so we we try to keep from hurting a multitude of different ways when the truth of the matter is if we will allow ourselves to hurt and fall in the very bosom of the Lord and allow him to heal us, then we will be whole. Sure. So growing up, I didn't know any of this. The Lord just led me. Every night, every single night, I cried myself to sleep. And the way this looked was I would get in bed and I would begin to pour out to him the day's hurt. And there was always a lot of hurt in that day. And I would just give it to him and give it to him. And then he would come and he would whisper to me, but I had to empty myself of that hurt before I would be able to hear him. Sure. And so that's what, that's what is important is there's nothing wrong with 
wailing. In fact, I'm a huge proponent of wailing. Mm -hmm. When you're hurting, the best way for it to come out is to cry. Sure. Because he keeps your tears in his bottle. So you cry it out and you cry it out before him. And then you'll be able to hear what he has to say to you. You will enter yourself of all that pain and you'll be able to receive from his spirit. So the first thing is to know and believe God. And it's not enough just to know what God says. We have to believe it for ourselves. It has to be true, personalized to you. Right. That it is your truth. Right. It's not true about everybody else, but just not you. Mm-hmm. But it is your truth. Sure. So that's the first thing that we have to do. So the first thing, actually, in the process, you're wondering, okay, how do I start? I think if I can summarize what you've just said as we break this up, the first thing I've heard you say is we have to get to the place that we are willing to be honest with ourselves, to look at our honest feelings, to examine ourselves truthfully, maybe for the first time, be honest with yourself, and then fall on your knees and surrender, yield it to God, cry out to God, lay it before him, and even however you feel, I don't know how I'm going to fix this, I'm a mess, God already knows that, just say what you feel and be honest before God so the first step, if I hear yes. you right, right, in this process is surrender. Yes. And then the second is to believe that God is for you, God is at work in you, and right. God is taking you somewhere, is to believe in the Lord. Yes. Believe in this God that promises yes. newness of life. It, it's saying, God, I'm tired of running my life. Mm-hmm. I'm twi- I'm tired. And and so many people out there, are, out there are, they're exhausted. They have tried to take care of themselves, control everything, and they can't. And they know deep down that they can't. And so they are worn out. Slick. Yes. Oh, they're just worn out. Yes. So we get to the end of ourselves and we decide, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe his word is true about me. And see, the thing of it is, that's what John says, is when you know the truth, it sets you free. It doesn't set you free if you don't know it for yourself. That sure. it's just It's mm-hmm. still truth, but it's not your personal truth. So it has... It, it doesn't have any kind of a bearing, any kind of bearing on your life to change your life. It has to be personal to you for it to really change you. And so then God's word is truth. And then in Numbers, God says, he is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. And so many of us have been lied to by men, lied to by a parent, lied to from other. So we're, we're, we're fearful of trusting anyone, and we've got to realize God is not like any other person we have ever known. He is completely trustworthy, and he is not a man that he would lie. And then the the second thing we have to do is we have to recognize that we have an enemy. Mm-hmm. We've got to realize that uh, in, in John 8, Jesus describes our enemy. He says that he's a murderer. He doesn't hold to the truth. There's no truth in him. His lies are as his native language. And it, it, in other words, it sounds fluent. It, it's, it's a, it's, mm-hmm. it rolls off his tongue. And he's a liar and the father of lies. He preaches bad news that is full of lies. And the lies are about you. They're about others. And they're about God. And so here's the key. To the degree that you believe Satan's lies about you, about other people towards you, God, it empowers him in your mind and in your life. Mm -hmm. Because at the cross of Calvary, it tells us in Colossians that Satan was disarmed and he was made a public show. Mm -hmm. So he's been stripped of power. But we empower him whenever he sends that fiery dart and we believe that fiery dart about ourselves or about God. And then the more we believe it, the The stronger it gets. 
and the more we will act out of it till it comes to a place where it has a real strong hold Mm -hmm. on our mind and our will and our emotions. Mm -hmm. And so we desperately need freedom. Sure. Well, and looking at this, I I know that uh, so far you've, you've said we need to surrender. We need to fall on our face. We need to surrender. We need to believe. We need to recognize the enemy's lies and realize when we believe them, we empower him to put us in bondage and captivity about ourselves. But, you know, I want to move talk just a minute, Cynthia, about forgiveness. I think, you know, for us to be, what, what is, where does forgiveness come into play as we find ourselves needing to to be inner healed, uh, that inner healing, at what point do, do, does forgiveness of others and us being able to let go of the hurts of others and to forgive others come into play? Okay. Well, forgiveness and inner healing cannot be separated. You cannot have inner healing be whole inside and still carry unforgiveness in your heart. You cannot. Sure. You also can't be truly grateful mm-hmm. and carry unforgiveness in your heart. And see, most people don't want to admit that. Mm-hmm. They want, I mean, because we all hate to think about ourselves being ungrateful. But when you walk, gratefulness and unforgiveness cannot coexist. They do not coincide inside of you. So you can't separate those. And it tells us in Scripture that Uh, In 2 Corinthians 2, verse 10, it says that whenever we are unforgiving, that we give Satan an advantage. We get we open the door to him for him to come in. It is a it is an invitation for the enemy to come in and lie to us and reap havoc in our lives. Sure. It's an invitation. It's not just like I mean, it's an open door. And so then. Um, in Hebrews, it tells us that it tells us to to not let bitterness take root. That by it, it will defile many. So your bitterness or your unforgiveness, it doesn't just stay resident with you. It defiles everyone that knows you. It is a spirit you carry about you. Your children will pick up on it. People that know you will pick up on it. I mean, you can try to deny it all the time. I'm not really bitter. I'm not really unforgiving. Ask someone that knows you well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what? And they'll know. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. it is a spirit. It is. It doesn't have to be spoken out in in words so much as it is an attitude and a spirit of heart that we carry and it defiles many sure it just oozes out of your disposition it's like a cancer sure without you even knowing you know the the good news that you're telling us is that there's for you listening today that there is a possibility the bible says in um I love the version out of the amplified version that we have been crucified with christ that we might walk habitually as a habit yes in newness of life it's not just something we do once but it can actually become a habit the way we live the way we think and the more we practice it the more we renew the more it becomes a part of us the our new person our new personhood so cynthia let's talk a little bit about um we've talked about rebuking the enemy um somebody may listening today saying i've been listening to the eyes of the enemy how do i tell him to stop so can you t- speak to our audience about, first of all, rebuking the enemy? What do you say to him? And then how do you replace it with the truth? Okay. First, I, I want to just say one thing. You may, you may wonder, why did Jesus and John, uh, whenever he asked the man that was paralyzed beside the pool of Bethesda, why did he say, do you wish to be well? Mm-hmm. Now, think about that. It says the man had been in his mm-hmm. sickness. How many, Was it 35 mm-hmm. years or something? He said, do you will to be well? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you wish to be well? He asked us the same question. Mm-hmm. Why would some of us not want to be well? That's a very good question to ask yourself. Mm-hmm. And so the reason is some of us are afraid of the unknown. 
it's so much a part of us to carry the weight of the those hurts and wounds and bitterness or whatever that we don't know who we would be apart from it. It's like if we got rid of that, would the, would we even still be around? Would 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 there be any substance left? So some of it is fear of the unknown. The other is fear of exposure to others that other people would know. So there's pride involved mm-hmm. in there. Another is a fear of falling apart. We spent so many years building up these walls, building up these walls, mm-hmm. getting coping mechanisms, uh, coping, um, coping strategies. Strategies, yes, thank you. <laughs> that we think, oh my goodness. Well, what if I let go? What if I let go of those things? How would I? I would maybe fall apart right. and like Humpty Dumpty, never be able to be put back sure. together again. So there's there's fear, and then for some people, it's I've asked God so many times, I I've cried out so many times, and He hasn't ever answered me. But I want to tell you something. It is hard work in the beginning to transform your mind. And here's the way it starts. You have to identify and ask the Holy Spirit to show you the lies that you have believed. Ask him to show you because he has complete access to you. He knows the lies that you have believed. So you ask him to show you the lies that you have believed, what they are attached to, maybe what the root of it was. Mm -hmm. And you ask him to show you how that has hampered your life. And so whenever you first identify those lies, then you will begin to need to find out what God's truth is in place of those lies. So you will ask the Holy Spirit to bring to mind the disturbing memories or the hurts that need to be healed and to reveal the situation that created those feelings of rejection, condemnation, fear, insecurity, whatever it is. And be ready because he will tell you things you have totally, totally forgotten about. Yes. And the thing that's so precious about him, he will only give you enough that you can handle handle at one time. Remember whenever the children of Israel were going into uh, the promised land, he said, you're not going to overcome your enemies all at once because you wouldn't be able to maintain the freedom. So he knows that if he overwhelms us with so much at one time that we wouldn't be able to maintain the truth or the freedom that we need. So he will, sometimes it's layers, uh, layers. Sometimes it takes a couple of years, but he who began a work in us will complete it until the day that we see Jesus. So we ask him to heal those memories and feelings as we release them to him through forgiveness. Okay, so we choose to forgive. You may need to make a list of the people that were involved in some of those hurtful memories. And so here's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not letting someone off the hook. Forgiveness is letting you off the hook. Mm-hmm. It, is un, it is untangling yourself. Because here's the thing that's so crazy. Is the person that maybe has hurt you the very most, your unforgiveness keeps you tied in and bonded to them, the last person in the world that you would want to be bonded to. So forgiveness cuts us loose. And it entrusts, we entrust that person to the God who is fair and just and the only just judge and the only one that has the right to judge. And we have to be sure 
that God will take care of the situation. We may never see how it happens. We may never know how it happens, but we have got to trust him. The main thing, anything that the Lord tells us to do in his word, he has told us to do it because it is the very best for For us. us. It's just like your children. The only things that you tell your children to do, it's not just to be mean. It's not just to be arbitrarily decide, you know, let's show my boss. It's because it's the very best for them and you love them so much. Same thing with the Lord. It, who, it's not easy to forgive. Who wants to forgive someone that has hurt them and mistreated them and betrayed them and, be, and rejected like they them? they just got off the hook. Oh, yeah. man. I mean, you, you want anything but... Mm-hmm. You know, but you are not letting them off the hook. You're letting yourself you off, the off the hook. You mm-hmm. have to realize that. And so you and he says, listen, you forgive in the same way you've been forgiven. And here's what I found. People that cannot forgive don't truly understand the forgiveness that they have in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. They really don't. They haven't really, truly accepted God's complete, unconditional forgiveness of them and the grace that they walk in. Because once you once you realize that, once you receive that, it's very hard then to deal out hatred, bitterness to someone else. Because see, your heart has been softened. That you who sinned are no longer uh, going to have to pay for your own sin that you've been completely forgiven. And here's another thing while we're talking about forgiveness. is So many times people say, well, You know, God just, he might forgive me, but I can't forgive myself. I mean, seriously? Really? Mm -hmm. So you're saying that you're higher than God, Mm -hmm. that you can't forgive yourself even though God forgives you? All that is is an enemy's twist of pride. Because listen to me, your sin is not more potent, more holy, more powerful than the blood of Jesus Christ your sin is completely removed by the blood of Jesus Christ. God says he never he never pretends like it wasn't serious. He said, come, let's reason together. Though your sins are as scarlet, they're bad. I will wash you white as snow. Mm-hmm. So we've got to realize that we have been washed and cleansed unconditionally. And to the extent that we receive that and understand that, it will be in parallel with how we're able to give it out to other people. Sure. And it's at that point that we get to that point that the Holy Spirit in you is able to wash you clean. The first John 1, 9 says, if I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to cleanse it and wash it away. And that is his work, not ours. So I, I love that word. So, Cindy, you've talked about we need to surrender and believe. We need to forgive as God has forgiven us and release it because it's good for us. It's, it, it opens the door for God to continue the work that he has planned for us. Yes. We've talked about uh, who is the enemy, what does he do. We've talked about rebuking the lies, figuring out what they are, and then replacing it with God's truth. Would you talk a little bit about just where does the flesh work in on this and what is the flesh and how does that work against this whole process for some that try and then the next day they go back the other way and they're fighting with with their flesh? Um, I I read a verse the other day in Romans, uh, the Apostle Paul battled with the flesh and he Mm -hmm. spoke of how it how it the flesh stubbornly resisted i mean yes. the flesh stubbornly resisted the desires of his own will right and so talk about that just a second how how to shut down just your own desires of the flesh because that okay. that moves into the inner healing as well okay um these lies that you have believed produce feelings and they're real feelings so you really feel unwanted or unworthy 
okay? So what you have to decide is that you're going to believe God's word regardless of how you feel. So you're going to do what the word says. You're going to take your thoughts. When you have a thought that comes along and says, you know, you're worth, nobody cares about you. I mean, you know, nobody even wants you here. You've got to ask yourself, would the Lord say that to me Mm -hmm. or would the devil say that to me? And when you determine that it is the devil that would say that, because the Lord would never speak to you in that way. He brings conviction to us, but not condemnation. Mm -hmm. So you take that thought captive, you grab a hold of it, and you make it obey the truth of God. So you take that every, every vain imagination, everything that lifts itself up against the true knowledge of God, you take that thought captive and you make it come down and obey what God's truth is. So if you are like, I'm going to always be alone. You know, no one's going to want you. You're going to always be alone. Okay, you grab that thought in your mind and you take it and you make it captive where God says, I will never never leave you or forsake you so you can confidently say the Lord is my helper what can man do to me so you take you you need to once you've recognized the lies you need to find God's truth and ask someone get a concordance get a promise book whatever it takes and you find out what the truth is the counter truth to the lie that you have believed write it down on a piece of paper until you get it memorized and then every single time that lie comes you you're aggressive with it you are you don't give yourself the luxury not for five seconds no and here this is what I talk about Uh, you know I was I was a teenager in the 60s and so from the time I was in fifth grade on we wore a girdle I mean, seriously, fifth grade on, oh, everybody, yeah. it's like Spanx, the modern sure. day Spanx, uh-huh. but it was a girdle then. And so it reminds me, you know, the Lord will say in his word, gird up your mind. Mm-hmm. It's like, put a girdle on your mind, sure. put Spanx on your mind. Don't let your mind just wobble around and think whatever it wants to think. Those thoughts produce emotions. Mm-hmm. So you've got, you if you're going to win this battle and you're going to ever be healed, then you're going to have to renew your mind and decide and it is a okay in revelation by moment process yes in revelation it says that we ever overcome satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony by the word of our testimony okay so the blood of the lamb is over us the word of our testimony is that jesus is our lord the third part hardly anybody knows the third part is and by not loving our lives even unto death so there's a resolve We dig our heels in. We say, though it kills me, I will not be afraid. Though it kills me, I will not succumb to insecurity. Though it kills me, I will not, whatever it is. So you have a resolve that you are not going to give in to those feelings and emotions. Once you change your mind and your real belief, those feelings will change. They will. Mm-hmm. They will. But it's you have to change your mind. You have to change your core belief, and then your feelings will begin to line up with those beliefs. Sure. I love I, I love that. Um, you know, in our last section here of our podcast today, I, I want to talk about just the cherry on top because we've talked about you need to surrender and believe. You need to forgive and and release it to the Lord, and then rebuke the lies, rebuke the enemy, take your thoughts captive, make them bow down in front of the throne of God, like you arrest them, like a policeman wraps chains around them and arrest those thoughts that aren't honoring to him, replace them with God's truth. And then then you have to receive it. And that's what you were just talking about, was receiving God's truth as your own. And the last part I want to talk about briefly, Cynthia, is to me, is the big part, and that's giving thanks. It's that yes. attitude of gratitude. It's that it is yes. girding your mind with with 
thoughts that are honest, pure, and lovely that 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 gird your mind. That that's the right. that's the wallpaper around your mind is that right. spirit of gratitude. So how important is that once we've gone through these four steps that we say, God, thank you for what yes. you yes. Ex- Expound on that spirit of gratitude. God inhabits the praises Praises of of his people. people. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like whenever we all are going to make mistakes, every single one of us are going to mess up, you know, and whenever we do, I, the enemy comes into, oh man, are you ever terrible? I mean, really, I can't believe you teach the word of God. I mean, you have no business. I mean, he does the same thing Mm -hmm. to me that he does to anybody else. And so I turn it on the enemy and I, this is the way, this is what I say. I'm just like, can you believe that he would use a flawed person like me? Can you believe that he can still anoint me, still give me people to teach whenever I'm not perfect? That's the kind of God I serve. That's the kind of of grace that I live under. That's the kind of faithfulness that I have to go. I just turn it into a praise (laughs) session for the Lord. And so the (laughs) devil hates that. I I mean, he just hates it. I mean, it's like every time I try to condemn her, she turns it around. Thank you. How great God is. Thanks for reminding me I'm a loser. Now I can just say, oh, God, thank you that I'm not. That's right. Turn it right around. That's right. I love that strategy because it does work every time. Well, you know, Cynthia, we just have a few more minutes. Do you have any last, last few things that maybe are on your heart for our listeners that you think, you know, this is what I just really want you to leave knowing today, something that, that maybe we haven't talked about very much or just a parting word of hope for them as they, as they take what we've said today and they'll listen to it over and over and test it. You know, I know you're going to test it because it's true. You need to. Um, any parting word that you would like to say? Well, here's what I would say is that every single one of us want to be loved for who we are we all do god created us with the desire to be connected to have relationship and to be significant now he created us to find that ultimately in him in that relationship with him and so he he tells us in isaiah 43 he says i have called you by name you are precious in my sight and i honor you you think about how God would honor us. But see, you've had, you've had people disrespect you. You've had people disregard you. And the God of all heaven and earth says, I honor you. I love you. The very sight of you is precious to me. So if you will begin to allow yourself to be loved by the God that knows every good, bad, and different thought we have, knows you inside out from top to bottom, and still looks at you and says, I love you. You know, most of the time, our best friends, even our closest relationships, they don't really know us completely. And so sometimes I think with a friend, you know, if they really knew what I struggled with, they probably wouldn't love me. They probably wouldn't think I'm that mm-hmm. great. Or they'd think I'm a hypocrite or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But to know that God sees every single thing about us and he still says, I love you. That's what the scripture is talking about perfect love knowing that you're loved perfectly drives out casts out fear so once you know that you don't have to walk and live this life afraid sure because you know that you're secure in his love there's nothing like it there's no substitute for mm-hmm. it and there's nobody else that can take his place in I your head so that's it. i love that you know I, i'd like to close today with a verse that that pertains to inner healing just taken over all of all of our entire body it's uh, proverbs four twenty two. it says god's word is life mm-hmm. and it is health to the whole body 
God's Word is health to our mind, our will, our emotions, our past, our present, our future, that God's Word supernaturally brings this true inner anointed healing that we're talking about today. So I love that as well. Well, friends, and hope I've hoped I hope that you've gained some insight today that will set you on the right path to finding freedom in Christ for your soul. And we would love to hear your thoughts on this topic, or maybe you could ask questions we can answer on future podcasts. So leave us a comment on social media or email us at info at ariseministries.net. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. Cynthia, thank you so much for being here and sharing this truth with us. And I just want to say to our audience, we invite you to subscribe to this podcast and share it on social media. Be sure to visit our website at www.ariseministries.net. There you'll see videos, articles, and podcasts, and Bible studies that even pertain to emotional wellness and emotional healing, if you will check those out. Uh, podcast and all these articles specifically for single mothers raising children alone that we hope these are lots of tools to help you navigate real life so thank you for listening today and god bless thank you for listening to an equip podcast to find out more about arise ministries or resources offered for single moms visit www.ariseministries.net